Hi, Gregory. Hi. So we live in crazy times. And um, maybe what we could talk about today is how these crazy times provide an entry point into dealing with our lives. Mm. Well, you know, it's a funny thing. When things get really bad is when most people turn towards some kind of spiritual practice or other practices that will say, help them, how do I deal with this? Um, you know, the most dramatic of those is when we're dying. You know, all of a sudden when you die, you know, when you're headed towards death, everything gets spiritual or important or somehow there's a deeper layer people begin to think about because, wow, this is like, this is the big one, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's just emblematic of every little bit of uncertainty and suffering that we encounter because we're always saying, how do I deal with this? And um, uh, to the extent that we think that we can get it lined up and get it right, um, we're going to always be surprised. <laughs> it's like these elections that are going on, you know. I know that this is, uh, you know, just one more thing that's happening in this moment that, you know, it's tomorrow's old newspapers for wrapping fish, they say, right? So, uh, but, you know, you have an election and you think, oh, well, this will resolve something, <laughs> you know, and it becomes increasingly clear that, yeah, it, you know, life lurches forward a little bit and that there's still all kinds of difficulties and unresolved issues and so on. The real question is, how do we live with it? How do we dwell in that turbulence mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, in a way that uh, we can find some balance, in a way that we can... Um, uh, perhaps, hopefully, contribute something useful because everybody's, it's so easy to contribute, if you will, or to just spew something not helpful, like more anger or doubt or fear or mindless action. Um, better to ask, you know, uh, how can I genuinely bring more kindness into this? How can I engage with these people or this political circumstance or with the climate change uh, disasters that are going on in such a way that uh, I can bring some degree of clear thinking, of um, uh, mental and emotional balance, and then act from there rather than ride in on some wild horse and just contribute to the wildness, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so that sense of um, um, how can I live with it, but not how can I live with it as just an individual, but how can I get engaged with it in order to bring the benefits of the clarity and calm that I may achieve mm. and bring that into the mix. 
Yeah, if I am authentically cultivating the kind of clarity that you're talking about, I will naturally engage from it. I will naturally engage that way when I meet other people, when I meet these circumstances. So even if the circumstances are out of my control, I remain in some kind of uh, uh, equanimity, um, a sense of purpose even, uh, the purpose being along the lines of non-harming, compassion, and so on. Um, but um, it's like that uh, analogy that I made earlier with death. If we don't start cultivating the balance, the awareness, the loving kindness, the care, when things are okay, a little bit better, then it's going to be pretty hard to do when we get to the edge of death. Mm -hmm. well, like, likewise, if we don't really make a priority in our lives, cultivating this thing you call the active pause and that other people would have other words for, where we, you know, where there's a quality of awareness, there's a quality of balance, there's a quality of a, enough brightness of mind to attune to what's going on and to be able to respond appropriately, you know, call that wisdom or something. Unless we're doing that pretty much as a life mission, like all the time, then when the problems come up, it won't be so easy to respond from that place that we value. Typically, that's when it's more stressful. We fall into patterns of uh, reaction, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So the reason for a path is not you know, uh, is sort of mm, still okay when we just, if we just grab it at the last minute because it's maybe better than nothing, but really the power lies in how we live it, what I call a whole life path. And then those qualities get baked in to the body, uh, the quality of our thinking, the way that we relate, the way you and I might be relating right now is going to impact how I relate to the next person and the next and so on. Mm -hmm. So that is some that's sort of the nature of you might say the skillful or wise um responsiveness in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we live in the shadow of death and suffering. And as we realize the inevitability of it, um we realize the wisdom of preparing for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. So, you know, it brings up the question, doesn't it? What's the purpose or what's one, each person's sense of uh, a spiritual path, their motivation with your good friends, you know, your spiritual friends, your friends that are also aiming with you towards what's good. How do they reflect the path into your heart and how do you reflect it to them so that it ripens in between you? Like a, share, a peer sharing of wisdom, not just some teacher out there, but you know, genuine spiritual friendship. Where does that come in? Um, how do you live? How do you use resources? You know, both from the standpoint of the climate emergency and the standpoint of 
social and uh, economic equity, but also from the standpoint of your own sort of modesty of being, you know, are you trying to always gulp and grab more and more of the world and sensory experience and, you know, and excitements and so on. And if that's the stance, if that's the attitude, then that kind of uh, always hungry way of being in life is not only going to make worse your relationship to natural resources, your relationship to um, other people, they become, other people become your food. You know, they objectify whether it's sexual or entertainment, or they have to admire you or, you know, something like that. It's always food, feed me, feed me. So that sort of appetitive way of living um, uh, creates this basic imbalance. And so my sense of the, call it the spiritual path or the meditative path or the path towards uh, decency and goodness, you know, uh, is a path of uh, the diminishing of that uh, appetite of push, that hunger push uh, that the Buddha spoke about very clearly in talking about, you know, craving and all this kind of thing as being the pressure that drives us forward. Uh, but it also is just common sense that, you know, if that's where you're coming from, are you ever going to be happy? No, you get something or you just want more. So, you know, the meaning of the path or the nature of the path is going to have everything to do with uh, what the specifics of the path look like, your practices, your lifestyle. Um, and so getting clear on that, I think, is a really profound uh, thing to do, you know, really useful, central to, you know, to the project of living. Yeah, yeah. And so you have this very eloquent gesture as you speak about that hand that goes forward in a grasping, grabbing, aggressive, hungry, a hunger that can never be satiated. But that, that, that gesture as you have it embodies how that attitude pervades all of one's being, That's right. essentially that DNA of life. And then you made a, a face, as you say, is that you want to live that way and kind of that sense of realizing it and rejecting that path. And it felt like uh, really literally the embodiment of realizing one's automatic default mode path and having the moment of realizing it, making a choice of saying, no, that's not me. That's not who I want to be. And then changing. And you Beautiful. had that more um, peaceful and calm gesture. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's uh, so easy to get swept up because it's not like we're on our path somehow alone and isolated from our relationships and our society. So we're always told by 
Amazon to consume objects and goods. We're told by Facebook to become an ego self and to feed that. We're told by Google to always go out for more surprises, for more of that kind of food. And we're told by all of the news sources, you know, to get angry and be agitated about everything that happens everywhere. Um, and wow, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the momentum of these forces of degradation of the heart. Uh, wow, it's just, you know, it's so, it's so, um, uh, the energy towards unwholesome ways of living uh, mm -hmm. is very strong, right? I mean, the, yeah, yeah. You know, our whole society inclines that way. That's, a, you know, going back to spiritual friendship, that's one of the reasons spiritual friendships are so important because like you and I can remind each other hey, do you really want to go that way? Or you could say to me, you know, I'm, I'm looking at how you're, uh, you know, kind of not doing as much of such and such, you know, you're not buying as much stuff, Gregory, or, you know, whatever. I really appreciate that. And, you know, we're kind of like, there's a, a, a fostering of the good, a remembering of the good. Yeah. You know, I, I recently published this book, The Whole Life Path. And the basic idea is that there's no moment that's not part of this path that we're talking about towards more feeding and consumption and hunger and fear and self-making or the releasing of that, which of course naturally yields the generosity, the compassion, the peacefulness, and so on. And the reason it's a whole life path is because every moment the mind is being impacted and forming and reforming its sense of the world and of self. And so if, if it's not on, if it's not a path moment, then it's a moment of just continuing the delusional habits, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's what the norm is. That's what we're surrounded by. That's what's going to happen. And, uh, and we don't really recognize that because we just take our own conditioning for granted. Oh, I'm going to behave kind of like a blend of my mother and my father and my elementary school teachers. And maybe a little bit of college gets in there, but not too much. And, you know, and then I'm going to, you know, ping around in this Facebook, Amazon, Google, Apple universe, and I'll behave like this. Well, that's where the path is unfolding. <laughs> it's not like we're, you know, we're just like somehow magically in a, palm-filled forest sitting cross-legged smelling incense and being given our food and chanting that's not what we're doing right now at least i'm not i have right. done that i have done that and it is beautiful really beautiful but there's also this with its elections and its climate emergency and racial disparities and gender inequities and and this is where we live, you know? So a whole life path is basically saying, is any moment left out? No, it's not possible. 
So either it's going to be guided by habit or some intentionality, you know, and for, for my angle, you know, I, each person might have their own, but for my angle, there's so much clarity and, and simplicity and strength in the early Buddhist teachings that I say, okay, that's a perspective that sits outside my system of preferences. <laughs> you know, that's just, that sits outside my like, okay, I don't really want to uh, really let go of anything. <laughs> so let me find a system that lets me hang on to everything I want and still get peace. Well, it doesn't work like that because <laughs> as soon as you're hanging on to everything, then it's all scary and contingent and, you know, and then you're greedily trying to feed what's always, you know, kind of on the way out, whether it's with money or like I say, you know, drugs or sex or food or whatever it is that you're trying to feed. And um, uh, that's not going to work, you know? So um, the reference that's outside my fabricated, socially developed system, even the system of my good friendships that says, okay, look, here's some guidance, you know, like this is sort of Buddhist Dhamma type guidance. Take a look at that and look at your life through that framework. Same life. Go ahead. It's all cool. You know, you're living this life, but take a look and look at it from over this angle. That's kind of what the Dhamma says. That's what these teachings say. Look at it from here. And, you know, so is grasping it more making you happy? What do you think? You know, or what does letting go feel like? Or what's the quality of experience when you're more generous? Is that good? Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so you have this like this little voice or a big yeah. voice at times saying something, and it could be saying something about how to meet death. It could, it certainly says a great deal about the kind of, uh, the feeling of clinging and how that, you know, creates the tension that we call self. You know, the self is this tension of trying to freeze the world to control it. And it's like, that's where I come into being. And, you know, I mean, so it gets right down into the seeds of world making, you know, it's quite profound, but it's also sometimes very simple guidance. Like, don't lie. Mm -hmm. don't abuse people. You know, it's got that whole spectrum and all of it sits outside my, my realm of preferences. Yeah. So I can, I can trust it more, you know? So that's kind of the whole life path reference for me is, uh, you know, uh, has been very um, fruitful. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I love the way actually it comes to life in the way you're describing it. Um, and that sense of, you know, how self is shaped by the choices we made under pressure, under very imperfect circumstances, and that we keep perpetuating. Right. But that from this place, we also keep seeing the world in the same way that perpetuate our habits. Yeah. And it takes that outside view Right. And um, the proxy of that outside view to be able to see our own choices from a different perspective that we don't have when we inhabit that self. Absolutely. Well described. Very well described. 
And, and the question is, can we trust, do we feel a sense of confidence in some wisdom source like that, mm-hmm. that we can refer to it and say, I may not totally understand this, but I, everything I've seen so far has been like spot on. So I'm going to try this. I have enough, you know, I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but I'm going to try, let's say, letting go rather than forcing this to be the way I want it to be. Or, you know, I'm going to try giving rather than getting, or, you know, whatever it is that may not be easy for you. Um, and that kind of confidence is not so common in a secular culture mm-hmm. where the kind of the ultimate authority is me and my opinions, you know, um, a kind of a pseudo scientific attitude that says, um, I've learned a lot. Therefore I can put all those, you know, those miscellaneous learnings together and I don't have to trust any other source because I trust me. It's sort of like Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. If you want to take the really dark side of it, you know, oh, I'm my own best authority. Right. Uh, because that's that the, the kind of the self-inflation that goes with that temporarily feels great. You know, we say, oh, I can control the world. I kind of know what I'm doing. And for a moment, that narcissistic, uh, uh, me has got some food. It quickly runs out of food, you know, and, and we, and the next moment we feel insecure. We don't know what to do and so on. Uh, but we haven't learned to trust any wisdom sources. And, um, so I think that that's a good question for, you know, for our culture at large, because what happens is we, in terms of religious, you know, uh, sources of guidance, we flip from uh, this kind of all me and I have all my answers over to giving all the authority to a, a you know, a, a Bible and a God and a, you know, whether it's uh, Jesus or Muhammad or something. And we have, and it gets very, um, uh, belief centered and, um, uh, separating, you know, this is wrong. This is wrong. And I'm not going to question this because this is the holy book. And we think that that's the only way you can touch ancient wisdom is to kind of fall into that. We don't have a middle way. Right. And, um, I feel like, uh, obviously, you know, the, the, the punchline here is I think that the Buddha said, you go see for yourself. I'm going to tell you this stuff. Check it out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's much more reasonable in my, in my very secular Western sense of things. It's very reasonable, um, uh, approach. Uh, t- but it comes with what you might call a depth psychology rooted in non-self you know it comes with a very profound and subtle outlook on the human dilemma of being born and being sensitive in the world and how do i respond how do i live with this overpowered 
mind and this sensitive body. How do I live? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so uh, you know, way to 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 um, talk about what I'm hearing from the backwards, starting from the end, that there is this uh, very overwhelming situation of being faced with this challenge of how do I live with all of this? Exactly. And given the overwhelming nature of it, that sense of feeling very alone and the strategies we may have to countering that vulnerability can include self-inflation. That's right. On the other hand, there can go to the place of totally deflating and finding another authority in which we are nothing and there is that authority. And both are polar opposites, but they're hiding another way, a middle way, which is the possibility of finding guidance, but also trial and error, which Mm. allows us to build trust by trial and error. Beautiful, beautifully stated, beautifully stated. Thank you. Yeah, and and then to go back to the whole life path aspect of it, uh, taking those kinds of wisdom touch points, and sort of, not sort of, but and taking them into the heart of your life, like a whole life path on, you know, unfolds uh, in the meditation hall. It unfolds at the kitchen table with your significant others or your partners or your good friends. It unfolds at work. It, it, it has to do with, you know, the guidance that can benefit in your choices of consumption you know food and clothing and you know entertainments and and uh you know resource consumption uh it it unfolds in special practices like deep meditation or you know whatever supports your mental culture it unfolds in your most casual friendships Right. And so how do you the, the what the book is talking about is letting that wisdom thread through everything. And uh, uh, in such a way that no moment is left out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is part of the Active Pause podcast. To see more and subscribe to the newsletter, go to activepause.com.